Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I am Lisa Tai here, your host. Welcome to episode number 248. I want to start the show off differently than usual, where I talk about what I do as a therapist and offering you virtual therapy sessions from wherever you are, and instead start from a place of, as a podcaster, it's really important that we receive reviews. And I have been mindful that I don't always review the podcasts that I really love and enjoy. So I've actually made a list, if you're on Facebook Live and can see this, of some of my favorite podcasts that I'm just going to go through and leave reviews for, kind of putting that out into the universe and intending that those of you that enjoy this show will go to iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to this show, All Things Therapy, and I'd really love a written review and star rating. You know, some of my favorite podcasts that I wanted to share, because I also feel that there's not enough podcast cross-promotion, so I want to share some of the podcasts that I love. First of all, Almost 30. These two women started this podcast when they were transitioning from their 20s to 30s. Now they're in their 30s. And this is not age-relevant material. Their guests and topics span psycho, spiritual, mental health, business health, wealth creation, and maintenance. These women, Lindsay and Krista, talk about so many important topics. And I learned something from every episode, almost 30, as well as I really love, okay, if you're, if you're a woman and getting sober, 
Jessica has a podcast called a Sober Girl's Guide. It's a really unique take on how to get and stay sober, you know, really like the benefits outweighing the downsides and how to go to parties, how to interact socially when you choose not to drink anymore. Really, really interesting stuff. Also fitness, health, wellness. I really love the podcast called Be the Change or Stop Complaining. Fitness pro Ali Banks talks right now a series of different diets, the pros and cons, as well as some of her own experience woven in there. And some of the podcasts that I've been on that I really love is A Word to the Wise. This host, Jumi, is really brilliant, A Word to the Wise. So just, I feel like every week I want to share a few of my favorite podcasts to let you know about them. Go rate and review them, as well as all things therapy. And follow me on social media. I am at NOLA Therapy. That's my website, nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, where I live and work in both cities. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy. I'd love to hear from you. Schedule sessions. Have you order my book on healing and self-forgiveness, endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, as well as an online class that I offer. It's three to seven minute videos teaching you, showing you 20 psycho-spiritual techniques to shape and guide your life. I have some offers for you too, as my listeners. The sponsorships I have and affiliates, Amazon Music, over 70 million songs are available. As my listener, they want to give you three months of music for free. Go to getamazonmusic.com forward slash ATT for three months of free music there. Audible, audiobooks. I love audiobooks. I'm proud to say my book, The Chiron Effect, is on audible.com with me as the narrator. They want to offer you a free audiobook download of your choice to try them out by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. And lastly, a coach friend of mine is starting a let me look at my notes here. It's a five-day virtual challenge centered around developing clarity and confidence in your life. It's five days of real-time group coaching and training, and you'll have lifetime access. It is over $1,500 in total value. And for you, it's only $44. It's from May 3 to 7th, 3rd to 7th, that Monday through Friday. Again, it's archived. And I don't have the link right now. I'll be receiving it later. So just look into it at suelundquist.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. Okay, transitioning into my guest, I am really excited to have with us Christian Delaware. He is the author of this book that I'm holding up. If you're streaming live on Facebook, How to Live Heroically. Well, actually, bleh, start over. Awakening the Soul of Power, How to Live Heroically and Set Yourself Free. Christian himself has been a transformational coach for over 31 years. And today we're going to discuss how we can step into the authentic expression of our soulful power, as he puts it. And I think there's a lot of misnomers around power, what it is, what it isn't. Sometimes we feel afraid of power, or we just want all of it. And so Christian is going to lead us in a dialogue around, around the experience of power 
what it is, how we can overcome certain wounds, like the fear of rejection, and become the hero in our own lives. So with that, I want to welcome you, Christian. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Lisa. Thank you for being with us from Miami. How are you today? I'm doing great. And I love that you and I share uh, New Orleans. We're both Tulane graduates and we both yes. have roots in, in California as well. I love that you went to Tulane as well. And yeah, and here we are today together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I was really excited to talk to you because I really like your book and the things that it talks about. And I have to ask you about the endorsement from the wonderful Gloria Estefan, who just sings your praises about this work. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I'm, I'm humbled. Okay. And then if, if you will tell me about how you got the Dalai Lama's endorsement, <laughs> that's pretty it. impressive. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that story of how I got Gloria to endorse me is a, is a testament to persistence mm. and to never give up on what, on what you believe. Because I, I basically courted her for three years so that I, to get my book in our hands. And I knew she was going to speak at a, at a gala down here that she was going to be honored at. And so I went about my ticket, went, made a beeline and introduced myself and connect. We bonded over the fact that before Gloria was Gloria, um, back when there were Miami sound machine, they used to play at our high school uh, dances. So we laughed about that. And that's and awesome. I, told her a little bit about the book and, and then she gave me her manager's card, which is, you know, doing his guardian of uh, guard dog job. It took me two years to get through to him and I was about to give up. And I said, you know, let me, let me rethink this. Like, like that, what's in it for her? What's going to touch her heart? Yeah. And, and then I thought about the heroic part of it. And, and I thought, and then, so I rewrote my email to her and I said, um, you know, you probably don't think of yourself as one, but the way that you overcame and transcended all the challenges of around your your bus accident and and it's like that's inspiring for millions of people um, all over the world. And then I had done some research, found out that her dad had been involved in in the counter revolutionary movement and you know towards Cuban freedom and as had my parents. Right. So, yeah. So I spoke about that. And spoke about her generosity, about how many you know other Latino artists she had helped. Absolutely. And then I said to her, "Hey, won't you help this fellow Cuban American reach a broader audience?" And waited two months. I had to go to press, and I was about to give up. And just that little voice inside said, "Just one more email." And okay. so I did. And then her manager, like this time, he wrote back within the hour. Um, and he said, hey, she's about halfway done through your book and she's loving it. Can you give us another week? Wow. And yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty humbling. That's so good. Congratulations on how you were led. You were led from your heart and your soul. You know, like there was a connection between you. Yeah. Yeah. And she's generally like everything I said to her about her generosity and her heroism, it's true. So I didn't BS. Right. But I it just reframe the email in a way that spoke to her, that touched her heart. What I think the story you're sharing really to me is at the heart of your book, where you talk about us, like the authentic expression of our soulful power. And I felt similarly when I realized that I would love to have his holiness's endorsement, what that would take of me. And I similarly, I sent off an email um, two years prior to when I received his actual endorsement. And I knew right when I hit send, it came from that ego place, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, like I just was like, oh, I wish I could pull it back, but just was like, okay, what, you know, in meditation, who do I need to become for him to consider my book and my work out of all the emails that he receives? And it, and for me, I, I, it came to me in meditation. I had to become more compassionate since he embodies compassion mm-hmm. on this earth, like compassionate living and kindness and how it's not just to the people that we love that are easy to be kind and compassionate with, but it's with the telemarketers and it's with the paying your bills or being in a long grocery store line and feeling agitated. And mm-hmm. I realized there's so many areas in my life to clean up where I could be more compassionate. And it, it was like a two-year process and I meditated, you know, like just with that intention, like when to send it and what to say. And it was after two years, I, I heard him say, I'd like to read your book just wow. in a meditative state. And so I drafted a completely different email just about, you know, what, you know, what it would mean to me, his endorsement and the way I've gone about changing, being a more compassionate person in certain areas. And it was less than two weeks that he sent me this beautiful letter. And the publisher just used a small sentence for space on the back of my book, but just really like believing in the methods of self-forgiveness and empathy to heal humanity's deepest wounds and just giving my his blessing and best wishes. So I feel like it's similar and finding our authentic power. I love that story. And I love the fact that you took it on as, as a practice to transform yourself before even approaching him. Like, wh- who do I have to become in order to, to warrant the, the Dalai yeah. Lama's um, endorsement? I love that process. And it reminds Thank me when I, moved, when I moved back to Florida, to Miami from California, I thought to myself, if I can maintain my equanimity, my my center driving South Florida roads, then I can do it anywhere. Uh, yeah. 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 So where should we start? Your book where you talk about uh, a deep dive about facing ourselves, becoming our own hero, overriding fear. Where would you like to begin this conversation? You know, we can we can tackle it from any one of those places. We can talk about how so many of us have an ambivalent relationship to power and why it's yeah. important that, that we that we heal that and, and well, find yeah. a way yeah. to step into our power that that is congruent with who we are. Mm-hmm. What might that look like and feel like? Um, you know, that so so the thing is that most of us have an ambivalent relationship to it. We want and to feel powerful, but we're afraid of it. And and now that I've been doing retreats specifically on this theme for probably ten years, as I you know de- develop the teachings around power that are, around power that are in the book, I think what's at the core of that fear is that we might abuse it, that we might bring harm to to others. And no wonder, like all we got to do on any given day is turn on the news yeah. to witness at least one one abuse of power. Um, and what good-hearted person, good-hearted person wants to be that? And then add to that the fact that we've been conditioned. Power corrupts. Mm-hmm. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So what good-hearted person wants to be corrupted? Add to the mix the fact that we are terrified of conflict. We hate confrontation. We've been conditioned to believe that the emotions are weakness. Put all that into a mix, and what happens is that we end up giving our power away. We end up selling out on our power. How many times have have we said yes when inside it was really not okay with us? Inside it was like a heck no. Yeah. But in order to appease 
and yeah. and not and avoid conflict, we say yes and give away our power, our our inherent power that nobody can give to us, nobody can take it away. Only we can give it away. And and what they forgot to tell us is that that power corrupts quote was specifically direct was it was directly addressing political power, not mm-hmm. interpersonal power, which is what we're talking about. Um, and and that there is a way that we can step into our power that doesn't have to be power over. It doesn't have to be hierarchical. It doesn't have to be abusive or forceful or 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 manipulative. That we can step into our power in a way that is a match with the goodness in our hearts. And can we talk about the power of vulnerability? Because I think that can be a real bridge to connect people to see our similarities more than our differences. And how might we do that in situations that there's some anxiety or fear? It might be a professional setting versus personal. Yeah, you know, we've we've gotten confused and we've been we've landed on this belief that that to be walk around like this, like robots, not feeling and and like, you know, just and and like anticipating the next blow from others or from life that we think that's a powerful way to be like so protected. You know, sometimes we sneak in the first punch just in case, but mm-hmm. this is not a no way to live. This is not power. This is, this is prison. It right? is prison. like a defensive stance. Seriously. Like we walk around like in DEFCON, DEFCON, DEFCON one, like yeah. total stressed out. 24 seven. It's like, that's no way to live. Like much more powerful is this ability to like open up our hands in relationship to life and say, Hey, life, no matter what you throw my way, I got this. Yeah. I got this. And this is like a much more vulnerable place of living, but it's implicitly powerful because it's saying like, I know who I am. And no matter what comes my way, I know that I'll know how to deal with it. I'll show, I know how I'll show up appropriately to that particular situation. And I'm thinking as you're speaking, Christian, about taming our inner critic and our judge and that that constant inner dialogue that we're having with ourselves, whether we're aware of it or not, continually. Can you talk to us about how we can shift and harness that part of ourselves? Yeah. And, and what we're talking about in both those cases is that defensive stance and, and that reactive stance um, and, and that harsh inner ego, I mean, that harsh inner judge, what we're, what we're naming is, is that part of us that we call the ego, right? That, that sense mm-hmm. of self. Um, and because there's so much confusion in the world about that, what the ego is, you know, most of us will think arrogance, inflated sense of self, and it is that, but so much more than that. And then it, like you or me who took psych 101 in college, we might think right. Right, Freud's model of personality, the id, the ego, the super ego. And that's yeah. not the way that I'm talking about it. The way that I'm talking about the ego, it's a part of the psyche that's derived more, the, the concept is derived more from Eastern teachings. And it's a sense of self. Um, it's our sense of individual personality. Um, and there's a lot to say about this. Like it's, yeah. in my retreats, I, we spend two hours talking about this. It's a first, you know, third of the book is all about understanding how the mind works. But it is one aspect of it. It is this harsh inner judge that is so cruel. And we're most cruel and most judgmental with ourselves. The things we tell ourselves inside our heads, we would never say to anybody else. Um, so how do how, so how do we break free from that? You know, first of all, it's self awareness. Like like right, we got to notice it. 
because yeah. because most often we didn't even know we're doing it. It's just habitual. Um, and so developing any kind of mindfulness or, or self-awareness practice is the beginning so that okay. we begin to see the patterns and understand our triggers, like, you know, what kind of situations trigger that in us. Um, and then we can bring choice back into the equation because the ego is all about reactivity. Uh-uh, yes. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. Uh, it's that right. reactive, immediate thing, but it's not effective because we react and then cause harm to our relationships because then the adrenaline adrenaline quiets down and was like, we calm down again. It's like, God, I wish I hadn't said that. That was so mean. Right, exactly. And But in some cases, it's too late. Like we cause harm. Um, and we can only try to clean it up. But so all we want to we want to introduce is that element of choice. Like take a deep breath, feel the ouch, but choose how we're going to respond. It doesn't have to be that automatic react regret. Um, and so yeah. we can do that both in relationship to others and learn how to tame that that crazy monkey mind inside of our heads, so so that we learn different patterns and different ways of being, and it's doable. So doable. I hear you. I- Hear you talking about Christian being responsive instead of reactive, yes, and, and inserting a buffer of time between the trigger or whatever blind spot slash landmine gets stepped on. Yeah. It happens to all of us, no matter how much therapy you've had or self development and transformation. Inevitably, something kind of pricks at, at something where we feel vulnerable. And a reaction comes up. And it's in that moment I hear you saying, we get to choose how to respond versus react by using some of the tools that you talk about. That's right. And, and, and we get to respond, right? We get to choose how we respond. Yeah. So it's not about becoming doormats um, right. or, or sweeping our emotions under the, under the rug. No, of course not. Like we're, we're talking about a journey of personal empowerment. So that means that we can, we can choose, like we can actually access anger energy and express it consciously, intentionally, yeah. rather, rather than just reacting. And, and we've all thought that, right? We, we, we've all thought that when we're in the presence of somebody who uses anger cleanly and it's not projected at anybody, it's not blaming, um, it's, it's not reactive, it's just like righteous anger. Um, and right. it feels clean versus the other one that has hooks and has, has that element of reactivity and it's defensive and it's attacking. Um, and that one feels kind of yucky. Um, Absolutely. And I think it's how we communicate that, that to say, hey, this didn't feel good to me. This, you know, is not who I know you to be and and I don't like it, you know, versus the blame and shame and things that, that cause escalation, which I think is part of when we feel victimized. That's where we come out, you know, like punching and poking and attacking because we feel so wounded. It's like those animalistic instincts that don't have any skill. Can you talk to us about shifting from that place of feeling victimized into our own hero and, and empowered speech yeah. and communication. And you're, and you're going for the jugular. Uh, you're, <laughs> you're going for like the deepest, yeah. hardest questions, right? Because that that is the hardest one. Like, how do we pop out of that victim consciousness? Yeah. And I've had people who, who've come to... The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. 
It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at hashtagrenew.com. Like a whole weekend retreat and they get it, they understand it, and they still can't pop out of it. They have to come maybe like another retreat, sometimes years later, and they finally like, yeah, I see it now. I see how, how I was stuck in victim and how that was disempowering to me. Because if we think about it, if as long as we're holding any anyone or anything outside of ourselves responsible for our state of being, mm. right? If if only mom had been this way or dad hadn't done that, or the teacher, the minister, society, sexism, racism, homophobia, if it only wasn't like that, yeah, then I would be happy. Then I would be fulfilled. But as long as we're doing something outside of us, we're giving our power away and often to the perpetrator. Yeah. And and so and it doesn't, you know, it's tough. It's tough to pop out it's of this such one because a fine we, line. we feel like 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 well they were wrong and they did do this to me. Um but it's 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 not about them, right? It doesn't make it okay what they did. It doesn't right. say that we have to hang out with them and be BFFs and, and go to brunch next week. And it's not about yeah. that. This is about us and about us breaking free. And there are spiritual teachings that say that at a soul level, we choose everything. Well, mm-hmm. and, you know, that would mean that we choose the parents who we're born into, cities, cultures, that we choose illness, that we choose, mm-hmm. you know, drama, violent stuff that happens in our life. I don't know about that. You know, I can't tell you that's the way it is. Like, I can go there hypothetically. I can say, well, I could see why we give ourselves challenges at a soul level so that when we're in body, we have to grow and transcend and heal that in order to evolve so but i don't know i don't know that that's the way the system works Sure. this i know for sure without any doubt that no matter what happened in the past no what no matter what happens going forward because one thing we can be sure about is that life is going to continue throwing curveballs our way that no matter what happens or happened we can always choose how we're going to be in response to that Mm-hmm. And that little reframe right there, that way of holding it pops out of victim consciousness. And and for many of us, it's like it sucked. Like things happened that should have never happened. Yeah. Especially to young people, right? To kids should have never happened. Yes. And it sucked. And I wish it hadn't. And I'm so sorry that it happened. And what are you going to do about it, right? How are you going to show up in response to that? And... I hear you giving that empathy, giving that empathy, giving that I see you, I hear you, I feel this, which is deeply healing. And then from that place, when we're truly seen and heard, I think we're able to step on some stronger footing within ourselves and start to define the new story of where we're going from here. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, to me, my, my example, that my exemplar in that, the one who person who inspires me the most in that area is Viktor Frankl, oh, yeah. you know, the, the Austrian psychiatrist. You got to hear him speak, right? Didn't he come to one of your classes? Yes. Yeah, so no, cool. I went to one of, when I was in, in high school, um, advanced placement psychology, we went as a class and wow. really blessed that we got to, to hear him speak. Um, because, you know, he lost everything. They took everything away from him. His family, his property, his degree, all that education, um, you know, his, his wife, pregnant wife, everybody died in concentration camps. Yeah. And, and that guy was able to say that they could take everything away from him 
except the ability to choose how he would be in response to that. Wow. And and not to minimize anybody's trauma. Yeah. But but if he can do it there, certainly we can do it in our lives. Yeah, that's powerful. And to hear him say that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And to tell his story, um, because there are so many things that we take for granted, so many choices, like every single day, um, you know, the little choices. Am I going to have oatmeal? I'm going to have eggs for breakfast or maybe I'm going to skip breakfast. Am I going to wear my green shirt or my black shirt? Um, yeah. The little choices, not to mention the big ones about what we're going to study, what we're going to do with our lives, about relationships, everything, every choice taken away. Right. Choices that we don't even question or value because we take them for granted. And he was still able to say that. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You know, I'm thinking, too, this this is causing me hearing about Victor Frankl and his work and you hearing him speak the theme of forgiveness. Yes. You talk about it as an act of personal liberation. And yeah. I wonder if you could share some more of that with us. Yeah, it's and it's kind of the same, very related to this victim, this victim consciousness thing, because as long as we're holding somebody over the fire, right, hand over the fire for what they're for what they did or didn't do, our hand is also getting burnt. Mm. And you know, it's like we've heard this before. You know, yeah, that that that, that forgiveness is for us, um, and and that's why. Right, because as long as we're holding somebody responsible for what they did or didn't do, like we're giving our power away, and and it's hard. Like these two things are the hardest things, right? Popping yeah. out a victim, because in so many of our cases, our identity has been formed around them, right? So yeah, around these experiences and the meaning that we've made of them. Yes, and so if I like subconsciously, I think we think, well, if I forgave them, who would I be then? If yeah. I wasn't that. Uh, but the thing is, like, if, if we want to be free, there's I don't see a way around that. And I'm, I'm not dogmatic about many things. I'm dogmatic about three things that I can think of going within. Right. If you want to be free, you've got to go within. Yeah. You can't go around flitting and avoiding um, looking at yourself and learning about yourself because it's there's just no way. Right. If you want even like it's cliche to say if you want to love somebody else, you have to be able to love yourself first. And you can only do that if you know yourself. Exactly. So, so going within, I don't see a way around that. Forgiveness, I don't see a way around that. Because of this, our hands also getting burnt over the fire um, and, and popping out of the victim mode, you know, tearing up that victim card. Those are the th- three things that are tough, you know, tough to do. And that's why I write about, you know, this being heroic work. Like it is heroic. It's hard it, work. And it's a process. I find I write in my book about forgiveness being a progressive experience and and actioned it like progressive forgiveness being a progressive actioned experience as I've come to appreciate and learn that it's there might be blanket forgiveness we're able to give with some minor infractions but I think the deeper hurts betrayals and wounds it's a progressive forgiveness of ourselves and others and I think that helps us to step out of victim consciousness into our empowerment and being our own hero, our own best friend, our own leader, that we get to choose what meaning we make. And you talk a lot about meaning and purpose being so valuable for us to be happy in your book. And it's something I believe too, that when we're really plugged in to our meaning and our purpose, we feel valued, we feel valuable, 
Can you talk to us about these things, Christian? Yeah, yeah. Before that, let me go. Let me yeah. go back to what you just said about forgiveness, because it, it is really so important. And and so you mentioned a couple of really important things. Self forgiveness is sometimes even more difficult. Yeah. To do more challenging, um, and this is something that I also included in the book that I learned from a teacher that I studied with, um, which is a way that to think about forgiveness that makes it doable and makes it reachable because sometimes we got to forgive what feels unforgivable. Right. But here's, here's a way that begins to make it possible. Forgive two syllables, flip them around, give four. Wow. What we're doing when we forgive is we're giving the other person the benefit of the doubt. We're giving them, you know, the, the, the ego mind is went to law school and, you know, it appoints itself judge, jury and prosecutor all into one, knows what the punishment should be and sometimes makes sure that it gets delivered. So, so that's what we want to get off from that self-righteous stance that I know exactly what you did that was wrong and, and why you should pay for it. And here's how you're going to do it. Right. And all it takes is bringing in a question mark, which is basically saying is like, maybe I don't see it. I can't imagine it. But maybe if I had been in their shoes, if I had been raised the way they were raised, Mm -hmm. the way that their parents before them were raised and their parents before that, maybe who knows what was going on in their in their background, in in their brain biochemistry. Who knows if there's any substance issues that I don't know about? Maybe if I had been in their place, maybe I might have done the same thing. Maybe that's all it takes. It's just that little question mark, which gets us off, gets us off that self righteous stance i would never do anything like that mm-hmm. and 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 it begins to soften that that harshness because the thing about judgment is that as harshly as we're judging others we we're also judging ourselves absolutely that's the other end of it yeah and so so compassion is is a two just like judgment is, is a two-edged knife so is compassion the more compassion that we can extend to others then to that same degree we can be compassionate with ourselves I agree, Christian. And I think in in hearing you say about what you just shared, even if we know we would never have done that, I think to even go beyond that, beyond the self, beyond you, beyond me, because the truth is that everyone is experiencing life through their own eyes, their own bodies. They have their own templates and filters and experiences. And we really don't know, you know, what it's like for them in that moment where they do something that to us is so hurtful that they're, you know, they would make sense in the context of if you knew everything and to try to extend that compassion in faith that like, you know, most people are trying to do the best they can. And sometimes we're just not in a good spot and we do fucked up things, you know, and, and just to try to, you know, put ourselves in those shoes. Like you said earlier, even if we choose not to go to brunch with them, that's okay. But it sets us free from harboring that, you know, when you're angry, it just eats away at everything inside of you. It's like, oh, you know, when you're driving, when you're just sitting there, it's it's hard to live with with that level of hatred and anger in your own body. And it causes us physical ailments. So I like just any way that you can differently view it, being willing to see things differently is so important to heal and move forward in your own life. Exactly. And and you just ex- explain why we keep ourselves in prison when, when we hold on um, 
to either the victim thing, to what they did to me, or 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 or, or we hold on to no, I, there is no way I'm going to forgive. It. it eats us up from the inside, and we yeah. end up paying the price. It is it is our bile um, that that is getting released. It is our hearts that's shutting, closing yeah. in relationship to life. Yes. So where where to go to next with our conversation? I'm looking at I'm just looking down my notes. Themes of trust that you talk about overcoming the fear of rejection, how we can navigate relationships, stepping into our power and leadership. What, what do you feel led? Huh. Well, let's talk a little bit about relationships because I think that's, that's the area where most of us give away our power. Mm. Um, and, and, and by the way, that's a great practice for, for, for you know anybody listening to this now to begin to bring in, in that self-awareness, right? To start observing ourselves so that we can start realizing what's, what are the patterns in which kind of situations do, do we tend to give our power away? Mm-hmm. So is it mostly um, when, you know, intimate, romantic, sexual mm-hmm. relationships are involved? Or is it perhaps, you know, with authority figures, people who symbolize authority to us, like parental figures, bosses, ministers, um, you know, the rabbis, that kind of thing. Right. Um, or are, are those the kind of things where we kind of sell out and, and, and stuff the, the, our, our preferences, our beliefs, our perceptions yeah. in, in order to, you know, to, we sell out for, for the illusion of security. We sell ourselves out for, for a false sense of acceptance because we're not being authentic. So it's false acceptance. And for morsels, for crumbs of pseudo love, because it cannot be real love if it's if we're not being authentic to ourselves. It can't be cannot be real. Um, so relationships, I think that's the area where you know I haven't done the scientific study, but I think that's the area where most of us tend to give it away. Right. For yeah. some reason, that's when 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 like our basic core issues get triggered, um, our abandonment stuff, our, our deepest self-esteem issues um, get triggered. And, and, and then it, it also connects to this fear of being alone. Um, and, and my God, how, how cheaply we sell ourselves uh, for, for those reasons, for that illusion of security and for those morsels of, of pseudo love. Um, so. And, and what happens is that oftentimes we find ourselves in these patterns of relationships that feel like the same boring play with the same mm-hmm. boring movie with a different actor. But right. it's like, I've, I've been here before. Yeah, it's familiar. I've, I've seen this before. <laughs> I've felt this before. And yes. so if we're going to get honest and if we're going to get free and, and, and transcend these subconscious patterns, um, we got to start with realizing that there is one common denominators, one common protagonist in every one of those movies, right? And that's us. It is us, absolutely. So why do we keep attracting a certain kind of people? What do we keep attracting attracting certain kind of relationship? What do we keep falling for people who are who are not available, who are not a match? They live on the other side of the country. They're already with somebody else. Um, they're just not there emotionally. So what's going on, right? So that what's going on with us, that that's who we keep attracting. And so we're beginning to unpack those mm-hmm. subconscious patterns so that we can cut it out, right? And so that we can start attracting people who are a match, people who, who, who want to meet us, um, yes. who, can be a, you know, who can be a real partner. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we yeah. don't, we no longer have to do this rescue puppy project. Um, Changing our patterns. Yes. In those ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if we want to have a relationships that work, it's, that's again, the beginning steps, beginning to going within, right? It's, that's why it takes work, right? Going through life like la-di-da and, um, just drifting with life, like easy, anybody can do that, but then you're going to remain at drift, adrift. Right. Um, if you want to step into your power, if you want to have a chance of, of relationships that can actually work, uh, if you want to have a life that is filled with meaning, filled with purpose, you've got to go within. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand yourself. And it is such a, yes, it's work, but it is so worthwhile because the rewards are infinite. The rewards are are freedom, basically, um, so that we're no longer being driven by subconscious patterns, by stuff that happened to us, unresolved and unhealed traumas that happened to us when we were five or seven or ten or whatever. Right. Um, and you know that's no way to live, or or because we haven't examined belief systems that we took on from our parents or the culture, and they where did they get those thoughts from? Their parents and the culture before them. So it's like, wait a minute, at least have the Take the time and and have the courage to analyze why you believe the things you do. Then choose. You can go back to believing the very same thing you believe, but look at it, right? Have take the time. Take take it takes work, but it's so worth it. Um, because then yeah. you can choose what kind of life you want to live and by which values. And when I hear you say values, and and what you just shared, I'm thinking it's about really valuing ourselves more deeply, knowing our innate worthability, because when we know we're worthy, when we know we are lovable, you know, we expect to be treated differently. And the the old patterns of unavailability just aren't attractive anymore. It just doesn't feel good. So they naturally fall away. And have you found that in your work? And as you've been doing seminars in the last 10 years about this? Last 30 years, really. <laughs> 30 years, right. Wow. 30 years, but right. empower the last 30, the last 10 years. Um, and women's empower, empowering, by the way, specifically, we can talk about that too. Yeah, let's want. do that. Um, but but I, before that, I want to just highlight what you said, because absolutely, like to me, that is the core um, strategies. Like part of the reason for going within and being willing to do the work is so that we can strengthen our sense of self-worth. Yeah. Um, because the stronger we, we feel about ourselves, the, the, the more, the deeper that we accept and love ourselves, then the less that we depend on anything outside of us for validation. Like we know yeah. who we are. Um, and, and I got to tell you, this, these teachings work because I know self-doubt. I know self-hatred. Mm-hmm. You know, my entire adolescence was one long depression mm-hmm. uh, with suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, and these days, like no matter what happens in my life, no matter the details or the circumstances, like a relationship works out or it doesn't, a project succeeds or it fails, in quotes, um, I never, ever, ever question my sense of worth. Like mm-hmm. that is yes. established. Yes, to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that I know that it's doable for anybody listening, you know, who, who may not, you know, not see how it's possible. I guarantee you that it's doable and it's possible. And yes. And so we have, I'm thinking to 
end with the women women's empowerment piece because it is a focus of your book, such a beautiful part. And I know even His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, talks about the Western woman, you know, being such a, a source of influence and solution for the world. How how would you like to conclude us in that area? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's a great way to conclude our, our conversation because the book is for everybody. Like we, yeah. everybody struggles with this. And it has a particular message for women stemming from my belief. And I would say more than a belief, it's a conviction that mm-hmm. the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world is the empowerment of women. Mm-hmm. And when I think about strategically, you know, like how are we, how are we going to deal with all these incredibly overwhelming challenges that we're facing. Not not only the environmental crisis of which COVID is a symptom, by the way, Mm -hmm. of our relationship to nature. Yes. Um, War, poverty, hunger, all these challenges, you know, the the polarization between people, uh, the otherization, um, making the people who are different other. Um, It's like, how are we ever going to overwhelm that? And I think when I think about it, overcome all that stuff, when I think about the the one strategic thing that will impact every one of those, it's the empowerment of women. Because mm-hmm. when women are in 50% of power, um, we'll have a very different relationship to all of that. Yes. To the environment, to each other. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it's not to put women up on a pedestal. Is not Women are also capable of abusing power, of course. Right. Um, and it's not to add more stuff for women to do. And more stuff for women to have to clean up. It's not that. It's it's just that that the world's been running so off balance, so off kilter, um, and we've got to fit, and we've got to figure this out, right? So so that's the 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 difference in powers that I'm talking about. So so the hierarchical um, power over strategy is a more masculine approach. That's what right. we've been doing for the last you know several thousand years. Is a more patriarchal way of approaching it the more feminine, which is no less powerful. In some ways, I think it is more powerful. It's power with. It is. It's it's humble. It doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. It just is. And and it's not threatened when when I'm, so going back to the self-esteem thing and self-worth, when I'm in my power, when I know who I am, I'm not threatened by you or anybody else having power. It's like, no, of course not. I celebrate you being in your power too. It's like, go for it. Power is not a, a zero-sum thing, a zero-sum game. You're having power. It doesn't take away from mine. Exactly. There's strength in that knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, so how can readers, listeners find you, reach out, get your book, and attend your seminars as they're available? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for asking that. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. The book is available on Amazon, wherever books are sold. Um, probably the best way to reach me is my website, soulfulpower.com. And from there, they can access my different social media um, places. Awesome. I really appreciate this time with you and just your authenticity and vulnerability to write this book and spend your time with us and with me. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. And I, and I love what you're doing. I love your, your art, by the way, your blown glass. Thank work. you. Beautiful. Thank you. And I, I love your approach to to therapy, the, the the you know the psycho spiritual approach, which is what I do too. I, I know it work. is. That's why I felt such a resonance in your work yeah. immediately. Yeah. 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 And let me know when you come to New Orleans, and I'll let you know when I come to Miami. 
Definitely. I am so overdue for uh, New Orleans. Speaking about oh, brunch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, we can definitely go to brunch. That's a must. <laughs> Commander's Palace. Yes. It's exactly <laughs> where, my, where my mind went. <laughs> yes. We. Yes. Christian, thank you. I hope you have the best yeah. rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. You're so welcome. Bye. Bye. That concludes today's show with Christian Della Huerta discussing this book, Awakening the Soul of Power. How to Live Heroically and Set Yourself Free. Join me next week for another episode. Follow me on social media at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. Reach out to book sessions, buy my book, get this podcast at nolatherapy.com. And don't forget to rate and review. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA Talk Radio. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.